Time to Shift is a podcast that aims to inform on energy and climate-related affairs with the intent to contribute to a low-carbon economy. My name is Laure. In this episode, we are going to talk about the key findings from the special report of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, also commonly known as the IPCC, on the consequences of global warming of 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial levels. What would be the impacts? What measures are recommended by the IPCC to reach this goal? In this episode, we will summarize a fundamental piece of work in the fight against climate change at a time when national commitments take us towards a trajectory of at least plus three degrees by the end of the century. I have to warn you, this will not be one of our funniest episodes. However, it is essential that we all understand what's facing us and why it is so important that we do everything we can to move the needle while we still can. Are you ready? On y va! Let's set the scene. We are back in 2015. The global atmospheric carbon dioxide concentration is 400 parts per million, ppm for short, a record high value that we last experienced during the Pliocene era about 3 million years ago. Back then, the global temperature on Earth was 2 to 3 degrees warmer than today, and sea levels 10 to 40 meters higher. The 197 signatory nations of the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change are meeting for the 21st Conference of Parties held in Paris. They sign a treaty considered to be historic, the Paris Agreement. By doing so, governments set the goal to limit the increase in the global average temperature to 1.5 degrees compared with pre-industrial levels. As part of the Paris Agreement, the IPCC is mandated to assess the impacts of global warming of 1.5 degrees. The IPCC initiates a review of 6,000 publications to draw a holistic and clear picture of scientific knowledge on the topic. What are the points scientists agree on? Where can divergences be observed and why? Two years later, in October 2018, the IPCC publishes the conclusions of this tremendous piece of work. The report is called, hold on, I need to catch my breath first, an IPCC special report on the impacts of global warming of 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial levels and related global greenhouse gas emission pathways in the context of strengthening the global response to the threat of climate change, sustainable development, and efforts to eradicate poverty. Let's dive into the key findings. First of all, what is global warming? Even though you may already be familiar with the term since you're listening to this podcast, let's make sure we're all clear on its definition before we even talk about its impacts. According to the IPCC, global warming is the average increase in combined surface air and sea surface temperatures over the globe compared with pre-industrial levels. In other words, global warming is the increase in the average global temperature compared with the pre-industrialization period, roughly from 1850 to 1900. Human activities have already induced an increase in global temperatures of about 1 degrees as we speak. Scientists anticipate that we will meet the targeted 1.5 degrees threshold by around 2040, ranging from as early as 2030 and as far out as 2052, based on the modeling assumptions made. Even though projections provide different timeframes as to when global warming will reach 1.5 degrees, it is clear that we will get there within the coming 10 to 30 years if nothing changes. Global warming is caused by the progressive accumulation of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. Global warming is currently estimated to increase at roughly 0.2 degrees per decade due to past and ongoing emissions. Even though warming from emissions will persist for centuries to millennia, emissions to date alone are unlikely, 
based on the IPCC special report, to cause global warming of 1.5 degrees or higher. This is a worldwide phenomenon. That being said, it takes different forms and varies significantly across regions and seasons. An increase in the average global temperature of 1.5 degrees has already occurred in several regions, including the Arctic, which experiences a warming two to three times higher than the global average. Likewise, warming is stronger within continental lands than above oceans. Arid regions, island states, and developing economies are also more exposed to climate change risks. The fight against global warming and the one against poverty are, as a result, strongly interlinked. Global warming is only the visible part of a very complex climate deregulation process. Although we are already starting to experience some of the impacts of global warming, it is unfortunately just the beginning. Among the impacts of climate change, experts warn that the frequency and severity of natural disasters and extreme weather patterns will only increase over time. Droughts will become more severe and last longer in warm regions, as is already happening around the Mediterranean Sea and southwest of Australia. Rain precipitations will increase in colder climates. Heat waves will become more frequent in the tropics and also in cities due to urban heat islands. Ice caps are melting at an alarming rate and sea levels are rising. The IPCC projects an exponential increase in these phenomenons with each additional tenth of a degree reached. Even though an increase in global temperature of 2 degrees or 1.5 degrees may not seem like much, it would have significant implications for our ecosystems. A mere half a degree could make the difference between the Arctic being ice-free once a decade or once a century. We would lose three times as many insect species and twice as many plants and vertebrate species with a global warming of 2 degrees instead of 1.5. The consequences would also be disastrous for marine ecosystems, which are threatened by the acidification of oceans. Oceans capture a large portion of the carbon dioxide we emit. An uptake in carbon dioxide, due to a chain of chemical reactions, results in the water becoming more acidic and pushing the entire aquatic ecosystem off balance. With global warming of 2 degrees, nearly all of our coral reefs would be wiped out, compared to 70% with 1.5. We are all directly affected by all these impacts. They threaten our food security. The degradation of ecosystems will lead to a drop in agricultural, livestock, and fishery yields. Our water supply. The number of people exposed to high water stress will be twice as high in a world as 2 degrees versus 1.5. Our health. With an increase in mortality due to the heat, expansion of diseases such as dengue or malaria, or even the emergence of new diseases linked to the movement of species around the world. And finally, they threaten our economy growth, especially in tropical regions which are already vulnerable. Limiting global warming to plus 1.5 degrees would allow us to save hundreds of millions of people globally in the next decades from climate-related crisis. This goal, unfortunately, already seems out of reach unless drastic measures are implemented today. Based on this, what should we do? The sooner we achieve carbon neutrality and stabilize the cumulative greenhouse gas emissions in the atmosphere, the more we can avoid and minimize climate deregulations. According to the IPCC, to limit global warming to 2 degrees, we would need to reduce our emissions by 25% by 2030 and reach carbon neutrality by 2070. 
to achieve only plus 1.5 degrees, we are talking about a reduction in emissions of 45% by 2030 and carbon neutrality by 2050. This would imply a year-on-year -year decrease in our emissions of 4%, as we have done last year due to COVID-19. Climate change mitigation therefore requires us to implement changes on a scale without precedent and across all sectors. A few examples, among many others, include reducing the energy intensity for residential, industrial and commercial uses, the electrification of transportation, the decarbonization of our electricity, a profound change in land use and consumption of resources, the construction of resilient cities, behavioral changes, supporting the circular economy, reoriented investments towards low-carbon options and energy efficiency, and the list goes on. The longer we wait, the more we will have to resort to removing the CO2 already present in the atmosphere. This can be done with carbon capture and storage technologies. However, their overall effectiveness has not yet been proven at a large scale. Preserving our ecosystems is also essential, in particular because they naturally capture carbon dioxide. The fights against deforestation for the sustainable management of our resources and biodiversity and the promotion of indigenous knowledge are all critical for the fight against climate change. As we discussed earlier, the impacts of climate change vary significantly across regions and seasons, and as a result, will further accentuate social inequalities. The IPCC positions the pursuit of social justice and equity at the heart of its analysis and recommendations. According to this special report, the measures to be implemented for climate change mitigation and adaptation will rely on international cooperation with the support of national and local authorities, civil societies, the private sector, indigenous people and local communities. International cooperation can create an enabling environment to fight climate change everywhere, in particular in the most vulnerable regions, by maximizing synergies and limiting the unwanted effects of warming. This special report from the IPCC highlights simple and compelling facts. The drastic reduction of our emissions, with the intent to reach carbon neutrality, is a necessary pathway for the good of our planet and human civilization. It calls for radical transformation in our economy and society. The longer we wait or hesitate to act, the more violent the anticipated climatic and humanitarian shocks will be. The comparative study of the potential impacts of warming in words as plus 1.5 and plus 2 degrees shows that every year, every fraction of a degree and every decision counts. Despite the numerous and unequivocal warnings and COP summits, it seems that we are unable to move fast enough. The current measures announced by our governments would only allow us to limit global warming to plus 3 degrees by the end of the century. If things continue to go as usual, we could reach as much as plus 7 degrees. However, the sharp drop in our emissions due to the COVID-19 pandemic provides us with an opportunity to rethink our collective approach to fighting climate change when we still have the chance. The experts are clear. We will pay dearly for our inaction. A reasoned but radical approach, combining international cooperation and sustainable development, would put us on the path toward that's not only less hot, but also less chaotic and, above all, fairer. I hope that this podcast was helpful to understand the consequences of global warming. If you want to find out more, you can find all the figures and sources in the description of this episode. 
This podcast was produced by The Shifters, volunteers supporting The Shift Project. The Shift Project is a French think tank advocating the shift to a post-carbon economy. Stay tuned for more shifts.